So in France, my why became outside the sport. So my why used to be because I wanted to be the best in volleyball. I wanted to go to Olympics. I wanted to, to do all these awesome mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And then I, I slowly started pulling away from that throughout my professional career. And my, my why started to change, but I never really made that connection that it was changing. So I was still fighting to feel like that, but I wasn't uh, in the mind space to actually get there. So okay. I had to reevaluate what my why was, what my purpose was. And then that directed me down this new path of, well, I, I want to I be happy right now is the first thing. Sure. Um, I want to have more joy in my life. I don't want to be as stressed. I, I want to enjoy my relationship with my wife more. I want all these other things became more important. Hey everyone, it's Nick Delbianco here. I'm a retired volleyball athlete and you're watching Undress the Jersey. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Undress the Jersey. It's been a little while since I've recorded my last one, but uh, today we're joined by Nick Delbianco, um, who... I found, let, let me try to remember how I found you. Our, this is interesting because you're the first athlete um, who I've done my, you know, the, the little short story or the written story, and then also had you featured on the podcast, which is nice because um, I'll give you a little bit of context and anyone who's listening who may just be uh, joining us for, for the first time is Undressed Jersey started as um I don't know if you're familiar with the account uh, Humans of New York, um, which it, it, you, it, I think I'm pretty sure it's still big. It's huge. They have millions of followers and stuff. But what it is is an Instagram account. Someone goes out there. like a, It's almost like a photography page, but they'll walk the streets of New York City and snap photos of people sitting on a park bench or at the hot dog stand. And then they'll, they'll give a blurb of like, this person, oh, my family immigrated from Ukraine, like little short stories of just these random people. And um, I, I was following them for a little while. And then in my second year, I was like, damn, like I'm an athlete with a pretty interesting story and how, you know, I play basketball and this and that. I was like, I can't be the only athlete that has a story. So let me start asking my friends. So it only started with the short little Instagram thing. Um, but, you know, as you've probably noticed as well, the explosion of podcasts, um, it, it totally made sense uh, for, for me to hop on with athletes too and, and get a conversation it allows for deeper, uh, deeper co combos. So thanks for joining us, Nick. Um, uh, get, how about you just introduce yourself a little bit and give us uh, uh, start this thing off. Cool. So yeah, I used to, I just retired uh, three years ago from playing professional volleyball. Um, I played four seasons professionally um, throughout Europe and then, uh, one season in India. And then before that, I represented uh, the Canadian national team on the indoor and beach volleyball scene. And before that, I was in university at Trinity Western University, um, played five years there. And I we were able to win two uh, sport or CIS championships and then came second one year. And I finished off my fifth year with the uh, uh, player of the year award for CIS. Nice one. So, so very, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's you. Like your resume, it seems to be stacked. Like, like you got almost everything that you could have asked for out of, out of sports. And, and, you know, the minimal research that I've done on you is it, it looks like you've, you've taken your experience as an athlete and started your own business. Is that, is it full time? Is it, uh, is it part-time side hustle? What, what, yeah. are you, what are you doing? 
Yeah. So as soon as I retired, uh, my business partner and I, uh, we started this athlete wellness Academy and it is now turning into my full time. Um, mm -hmm. ever since actually COVID hit, we, my, my other job as a personal trainer, um, gyms were closed. So I had to mm -hmm. find other things to do. So now I'm directing 90% of my focus into this company and really trying to help athletes, um, with their performance, but from other perspectives that they might not have, mm -hmm. might not have linked to their performance as closely before. Which, which seemed like probably the biggest theme, at least that I took from, from the story that we featured you was, um, you know, the whole, the whole focusing on the 20 hours outside of the sport. And it's so weird before you sent me your story, I was having a conversation with one of my good friends who, well, he was a, my roommate at X and, uh, literally like, I think I was bouncing the ideas off of him of me well, first of all, he's, he's now getting into the, the mental wellness space and wants to help other people uh, clear that up. And I brought up the point of how, like, how funny it is, is how much, how much as athletes, our focus, like almost a hundred percent of our focus goes into our sport. But when you really think about it, we're, we're not spending, we're spending a lot more time outside of our sport than we are in it. Um, and then boom, you send me that story and I'm like, oh my God, here's the universe talking to us as, as we always yeah. reference to, um, it maybe just dive deeper into what, what you shared on the page already. Yeah. So the, the story I shared was essentially I was having a rough, uh, professional season in France, um, wasn't playing as much as I wanted to, wasn't, uh, connecting with the coaches very well. Um, and, and also underperforming, I would say, like, I, I think yep. there's a reason I wasn't playing as much as I'd want to as well. Um, but so I just got like more and more like, okay, I need to focus more. I need to work hard. I need to do more reps. I need to work out harder. Like all those things just kind of kept building and then I would get injured and then I go through rehab process and do all this stuff yep. and, uh, work harder, work harder to work, get myself back up to that level. And then something else would happen. And it kind of got to this point, I was working with uh, a health coach who's now my business partner, Misha Harris. And we kind of got to the point where we figured out like, I'm doing all the right things to be excellent in my sport. Right. When I'm at, when I'm at the gym um, and everything that I'm doing away from the gym, I'm trying to still be excellent in my sport, mm. but I'm just focusing on the sport. I'm not, necessarily focusing on myself um and that kind of came in the lines of like i would if i was to go for a walk and during the day like it's a beautiful day south of france right on the beach like yeah, awesome nice if, if i could i would question going for a walk during the day even though i knew it would bring me joy and happiness mm -hmm. and like relaxation yes because i was like oh that's it might make me a little bit more tired. It might make my legs a little bit more tired tonight and I need to prove myself tonight. Mm. And so there's all these kind of little barriers between like actually doing things that brought me joy. And because I thought that they would pull away from my performance, but we got to that point, that breaking point essentially of, okay, I, this stuff, me focusing on volleyball all the time, isn't, isn't working. I need to allow myself to leave volleyball where it is take care of myself, do things that I enjoy, do things that, yeah, make me happy mm -hmm. and not worry if they 
affect volleyball. And the cool thing with that was, yeah, I went, I went for a walk when I wanted to, when it was a nice day, I, I read a book, um, that was, yeah, not, like nothing to do with like mental performance or anything like that. It was just like an enjoyable book to read. Yep. And I started kind of getting myself, bring myself away from the sport, which then allowed me to go to practice with more energy, more motivation, uh, more yeah. joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. And it's such a simple concept, but as athletes, as a high performance athlete, you're always thinking, what more can I do? Um, what and, more can I do in my sport? And I would argue this is something I'm starting to realize too. The more I talk to my friend, I might as well shout him out. Tom, uh, Tom Legali, who's in his last year at St. of X, still playing ball. Um, but w- through these conversations, w- this idea that athletes like we're, we're almost taught to like, you know, if you're injured, fight through it. If, if some, if you have aches and pains, fight through it. And, and, you know, a a large theme that comes up during my podcast interviews or my stories with other athletes is adversity. And I truly do believe that athletes are, are really good at overcoming adversity because sports is this safe you know, place for life that teaches you that bad things are going to happen. You're going to score, like get scored on, you're going to lose games. You're going to have to fight and learn how to adapt. Um, but, but there's also this part of that that's not talked about, like what, like, especially mentally and, and you just touched on it. Like it's, it's almost like if we are feeling sad or depressed and we're not happy, like it's ingrained in, in us to push through that and go through it and toughen up. Like, it's almost counterintuitive in a sense, like, yeah. and, and I'm starting to learn just from you is that, uh, it, it, I'm assuming you only learned this lesson later on in your career, because as you opened up with, when you were at Trinity Western, you were on top of the game, you were CIS player of the year, you were winning championships, you were getting all these awards. So like, it almost took you, it took you to get to the point where your performance was dwindling for everything else to crumble and crash and burn for you to kind of wake up. Yeah, I would say part, partly. Yes. Um, it, it took that, like that really hard moment for me to then change everything, mm-hmm. um, change my, change my direction. But I was also lucky enough to, I actually attribute a lot of my success before this point to my ability to focus on the off court, uh, off court habits, the things that you do before and after training. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always a little bit different. Like I would show up in my first year university and start doing like this yoga warm up and this core activation stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the fifth years were kind of looking at me like, what's this guy doing? Yep. And it was, uh, I was always that guy who's kind of doing something different. Okay. Um, so I, it, I always was on that path, but it, I never really committed fully to it and more the mindset stuff. Um, I was always on that path physically and nutritionally and from a sleep standpoint. And then it just took that, that like more rock bottom scenario to get my mindset aligned with it as well. So if you were doing all these things, you know, starting in your first year of university, and I'm sure, you know, your development as a volleyball, when did you start playing volleyball? Is Was it a late later in life or... Um, uh no i was probably like 11 12 okay yeah so yeah. i mean a little late, like i look at myself and like my dad had a basketball in my hands ever since i was four so like i never right. played other sports i never whatever so 11 12 i mean that's that that seems to be right in the age but like 
why did it take you to like almost at the end of your career to to recognize the importance of the, the you know the, the 20 hours as you as you say yeah uh again i think like you brought before like that adversity like that something wasn't going the way i want it to go mm -hmm. um i was pretty fortunate in lots of my career where i could do a lot of things and i had awesome support and coaches that could allow me to to get to the places i wanted to go and mm -hmm. now i was at a spot where that wasn't happening mm -hmm. i wasn't getting to where I wanted to go. I wasn't seeing my potential, um, being met. And that was maybe one of the first times, at least in a long time in, in volleyball for me that I felt that. Um, so yeah, that, that was definitely a big part of that. What's, what's the, uh, what's the culture like in volleyball? Because I've never played the sport. I've made, been to, I don't know, two junior high girls volleyball games because I had to go support the fake girlfriend that we were, you know, when we were 13. Um, so like, like, like what's the, what's the culture? Because I like, maybe I can, you can help, I can help you answer this question by, you know, the, the basketball culture is like very male dominant and, and it's, you know, high testosterone and it's hip hop and it's um, in, um, you know, it's fierce competition and I'm better than you. Like, like describe the culture of volleyball. And, you know, because I, I feel like if I went to some of my teammates in the past and said, Hey man, like I'm having some mental health issues. Like some of them would kind of laugh at me and be like, yo, go get in the gym and go put up shots and go put up reps. Like stop crying what would what what's what would the reaction be like from a culture perspective in volleyball if like is it is it open are you guys encouraged to talk about you know your your mental health or uh yeah what can you speak on that yeah i think there i don't think there's a really strong defined culture in volleyball in canada at least mm -hmm. um it's it's a big sport. It's popular, but it's not, it's not basketball. It's not soccer. Right. It's not definitely not hockey. Like yeah. Those have like their very clear cultures because it's so massive mm -hmm. and it's so ingrained. Um, and volleyball has, has some things. Um, but I think there's this like, there's a, there's a culture of like, I call it like the more old school traditional culture. Like, no, like that, that stuff isn't really talked about. It's a grind culture, okay. just like, kind of what you just explained there with basketball yeah. like yeah. you know go to the gym do more work harder um but there is i feel like uh, an emerging culture i don't know if, if this is just volleyball but i think this also extends to other sports of like it's getting it's that awareness is now there that importance of, around the mental the physical the 20 hours that's that's getting pretty popular now mm -hmm. and it's the uh, the newer age coaches or the adapt the coaches that adapt to this that are now creating this new kind of path <clears throat> for for uh, for new for their teams and for their athletes that probably didn't exist when I was first playing, but now uh, I'm trying to help lead lead this culture in volleyball too um, towards this um, towards this new path. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely an emergence in. Uh you know, the, you know, my generation, your generation, like this new generation, there's, you see it with, you know, professional athletes now speaking up about mental health and it's, it's becoming a part of the game, I think in all sports. Um, mm. are, are there any like 
distinct conversations you remember uh, with teammates, maybe on bus rides or plane rides or like walking the beach um, where, where you've brought up this whole idea of the 20, 20 hours and how the time off the court can actually improve your time on the court. Like, like any examples, like the ones that I brought up with me and my old roommate, Tom, like we talk about it all the time. Um, yeah. Are there any that stand out, that stand out for you? Uh, and are you saying during my career when I was still playing? Even, even now, and I'm sure maybe you can answer it by telling us more about what you're doing with athlete. Is it athlete? Well, athlete, sorry, athlete wellness, athlete wellness Academy. Perfect. Um, yep. what's the, what's the focus or what's the goal, uh, for athlete wellness Academy? Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say like, probably didn't have a ton of those conversations, uh, in my career, but now mm. that's the only conversation I have. Mm-hmm. That is, that is what we, what we talk about. That is what we work with athletes on, work with teams on is trying to figure out where are they? Like, where are they on their, on their men, on their mindset? Where are they mentally? Where are they physically? Where's the recovery at? Where's the nutrition at? Right. And then coaching them through like, okay, where are the missing links here? Um, you're, you're, you work out a lot, you practice volleyball a lot, but you don't sleep. You have a ton of stress. Yep. You, you, yeah, you don't take care. You, you have really low energy throughout the day because you're not drinking any water, like whatever it is. Yep. Um, so we focus, we, we try to see where they're at and then identify the missing links, bridge the gap so that it makes sense to them. It's not just, yeah, they want to score more points in volleyball. Why would I want to sleep more? And we, so we have to bridge that gap and start that conversation of how different things affect your performance. Mm-hmm. So this is essentially the only conversations I have these days is all surrounding these 20 hours, which, which is, is great, hard. which is great because you, <laughs> you, you need it. But like, what, what's your delivery method of this? Is it, is it one-on-one coaching? Is it, are you speaking to teams, conferences? Like what's, what's the process yeah. and, and how are you, and what's the actual con? Like, I'm not trying to get you to expose your things that you, you get people to pay for or whatever, like, but like, yeah. what's the content that you're trying to teach people? Yeah. Uh, so like our main service and product is our coaching system. It's our ability to take an athlete, identify what their goals are and then get them to actually work on these 20 hours so that mm-hmm. they meet those goals, whatever mm-hmm. they are. And that's, that's the main product what we, how we come across it is actually like, I was just on a call before this to keep working on this process of we're coming out with an app soon. That's okay. going to, um, allow us to talk with someone on board them, direct them into a program that's customized to their goals. Mm-hmm. And then add in like the check-ins of like the little reminders, the little notifications throughout the weeks throughout the months so that they're, they're staying on top of these other things. Yep. Um, and creating that tracking process. Now, what we have done in the past, what has also worked super well is like, yeah, one-on-one coaching with athletes, uh, working with teams as kind of a high-performance consultant. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my, my role with Trinity Western University men's oil team right now for the past three years is more of that role of working with the full group, the coach, the IST staff, the um, the, all the players and working on, okay, where, what are you guys doing well right now? Awesome. What, in, what aren't you guys doing well? Okay. Let's try and right. bridge that gap and let's, t- let's start doing a, some of these things better. If this is your goal, we need to 
make sure there's no weak links in the chain. And it's almost like re- reverse engineering. Like, where do you want to be? Okay. now let's look at the actions that you're currently doing and ask yourself why you're not there. Some, so, something exactly. that I've, that I've adopted um, like two days ago was, you know, it's, it's weird. The, the way my mind works is like, for one, I'm, I'm super interested in psychology. I think it's a big reason why I enjoy, like I, I genuinely get excited to have conversations with people I've never met before because it lets me almost like test my way of thinking by putting it up against theirs and see what we align on, what we don't align on. Um, so, so I do feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty conscious person and I understand, you know, if, if you do have a goal, then I, I know the steps to get there, but I'm also finding that I'm really good at justifying, uh, justifying the reasons why I'm not achieving my goals. And, and so for the past two weeks, I, 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 I felt like I was in a funk, um, and, and, you know, I, I went out and bought a journal and, you know, I've been journaling on and off for a number of years now, but never consistently. Um, I'm a big podcast guy, so I'll go out for walks. And I've, I've just started listening to Jordan B. Peterson a ton, who's the clinical psychologist. He, uh, he's a professor at U of T down the road. Um, you know, I, I love his conversations that he has with debates and why people actually think he's Satan. Meanwhile, he's just like genuinely like, no, like as a, from a physiological and neuro neurological, like anyway, he's super, super logical. Um, and one of, one of the things that he says is like, uh, or that I've adopted two days ago is like, create a schedule for yourself that, that exhibits like the perfect day in your mind. Like ask yourself, what would all of the things that you want to get accomplished in a day and go ahead and like literally write down that schedule 9am till 930 nine. And so for the past two weeks, I've been not doing, I've been doing the complete opposite and I realized why I'm feeling in the, in the dumps because all I'm doing is scrolling TikTok and getting those dope and like the, the phone and social media is just like, quick fix. It's so easy to get a quick fix, but then it's like, you're exhausting your dopamine stores for the day. And therefore anything else, any other activity that you do for the day, isn't going to be as exciting. If you wake up and boom, you're already expending, you're getting your dopamine rush. So what are you out there searching for? Um, anyway, so, so I did go ahead and write down my schedule and boom, it's weird. You know, I start my day with a journal while I have coffee and I don't turn on my phone and then I get a workout in. So I get the hard struggle out of the way. And then that, and then I get all my, you know, my work done. And then I leave my fun work, like my undressed Jersey stuff for the end of the day. Um, but, I'm, you know, I sat down this morning. I'm like, wow, isn't it weird? Like I already feel 10 times better. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? It's because we're so good at justifying our actions and, Oh, it, it's fine. I'll just do it tomorrow. Um, does any of that, that I just kind of blurbed out there um, relate to what you try to teach athletes or, or, or people in your um, athletic wellness Academy? Yeah. So yeah, what you just kind of described there is, is one way of setting up your environment for success. Like okay. your, your tool there was scheduling and 
really letting yourself plan out your day and actually create that ideal day and then schedule it. So you, so yeah. you, you follow that schedule. Discipline. Yeah. yeah. So you set up that, you set up your environment to allow yourself to do that. So you pushed your work back a bit. You, you moved your workout to the morning, like whatever, whatever your environment was before you changed a little bit. Yep. So that's a big part of, uh, of habit change and of what, what we do with athletes and teams is we work with them to set up their external environment, but also their internal environment so that they can create change. Yes. It's, it's, uh, there's a good med or a good story about a hospital try to get their employees to drink more water. So the first thing they tried was they put up posters, uh, the importance of water, importance of hydration, and they put those all around like high touch areas. Okay. That didn't change the results. Second thing they did is they put a water cooler in each of these areas where they were kind of gathering lots mm -hmm. and then that changed the results. So they, they just changed the environment, the physical environment. Gotcha. And that allowed habit change to happen easily. Which, which and, just to jump in with something yeah. also that Jordan Peterson says a lot too, is like, before you try to change the world and get your big idea out there, like try cleaning your room, like, or like, is your apartment yeah. clean? If like, if, if that's not clean, if you, like, if you can't clean your own environment, how are you going to clean the other, like someone else's environment? So, totally. so start there, like, yeah, change your environment. Yeah. And it can be simple, like uh, physical environment. Like you have to change. Yeah. Like the water cooler, you have to, you have to write your schedule out. You have to make sure those things are there, mm -hmm. but it's also can be your internal environment as well. Like you have to get your mindset in the right place uh, to allow change to, to occur. Um, and lots of those times, those two things kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. If you change a physical, it will help change the, mm -hmm. the internal as well. Um, but yeah, I'd see that as a big part of the the process that we try to do at Athlete Wellness Academy. So, so you say you know it's important to change your your internal environment, and you people hear this all the time. The good old cliche, like you know, you got to think positive thoughts and you know have a positive outlook. But like anyone listening hears you say that and be like, okay, I've heard that a million times. Like, yeah, what's a way you, you remember? um, actively, like what moment in your life, whether it was in, as an athlete or not, like I know last week we had to reschedule this podcast because your, your wife is pregnant. Like, congrats. Like that's incredible. That's yeah. exciting. Thanks. So like, maybe it's now the, where, when you're, when you're preparing to become a dad, um, like take your cliche of saying, Oh, change your internal and, and you know, describe how you've done that. Yeah. So, it, could I actually pose a question on you is if you wanted to work on your mindset, what would you do? Probably do more things that are difficult and difficult could mean um, doing the things that I don't want to do. I remember um, having a conversation on here with uh, Omar Abdallah who played football for SMU. And one of the things was like, Omar, I wake up every morning and I know I should make my bed, but like, what difference is this going to make? Like, I don't like, it takes five seconds. I'll do it later. Um, but ever since I've like consistently made myself make my bed, um, that's something that I feel like is, is in the right direction in, in doing just that. So that, yeah, do, do more things that I don't want to do homework, uh, clean your apartment, clean, like clean your toilet, like those awesome. kind of things. 
so yeah, like you're, you're challenging yourself a little bit in different ways mm-hmm. and you have a pretty, pretty broad uh, perspective there, which is awesome. Um, a lot of people, if we were to say, how are you, how do you want to, or how can you change your mindset there? They go immediately like, okay, I can meditate more. I could journal some more. Sure. I could discuss things like big topics more with people. Like mm-hmm. those types of things are all lots of good tools. Um, what I believe in what we, what we do with Athlete Wellness Canada is, okay, if you want to change your mindset, we have to have a focus on the mindset for sure. We need to, we, we might want to use meditation. We might want to use some of the, of these tools, but your mind has to be rested to allow yourself to have the energy to do so. So, so sleep and recovery comes in there. You have to have the energy throughout the, throughout the day um, to do, to, to do the self-work. So hydration, nutrition comes in there. If you have a lot of stress or if you have tension, that tension is usually held in your body somewhere. So also alleviating the, the physical things that might be holding you back from working on the mental uh, or the mindset might be, might be another thing. So it's how I look at it is if I want to work on my mindset, I'm going to make sure that everything is set up uh, in these, all these areas so that I can have the, the space, the energy, the time mm-hmm. so that I can go into a little journaling session and just devote my time to that and not have other distractions, other things pulling me away. I would also argue that you need, you need to like be willing to change your mindset. Like you, you also have to have this moment of being like, okay, I want to change my mindset. Um, have, have you had any experience with, you know, maybe it's, and I don't, again, I don't know how your delivery methods are. And you said you're working with, uh, Trinity Western, the volleyball team, but like, maybe if you're talking to a bigger group, like the volleyball team, there's obviously going to be some athletes that aren't going to invest in the time to do this and are willing. So like, is that almost like a waste of your own energy? Like, like, or how do you, how do you stress the importance and the benefit or value that can come from doing exercises like this? Yeah. So the, the biggest thing, if I, if you want to create a change, um, before change of environment, all that kind of stuff is identifying why and yes, essentially true. playing the why game mm-hmm. until you get to the root of what it, what do you actually want here? I want to change my mindset. Sure. But why do you want to change that? Well, I want to perform under pressure better. Okay. Why do you want to change? Why do you want to perform under pressure better? And you keep going down the nice layers one. of the why game. And once you get to that purpose, you can do this with a full team. They can be writing things down. They can be thinking about it in their head. Um, once they get to their clear purpose, their clear route, then they have that motivation. Then they're like, okay, now, now is a, the art of the coach of connecting their purpose to, okay, well, how is uh, journaling or how is sleeping or how mm-hmm. is nutrition or movement going to affect that purpose and as long as you can create that clear connection once they have that why and then yeah bridging the gap then you have an athlete who is really engaged enthused and is ready to take that step ready to make that change that they might not have done before so so take us back to france the south of france Mm -hmm. you're walking what was your process of figuring figuring out your why um and your purpose take take us like if you get as best as you can take us back there yeah, that's a great question. Um, so in France, my my why became um, a little bit. My why became outside the sport, essentially. 
Yeah. I, you, I wanted because to do you these weren't things. happy. You weren't happy outside your sports. You're like, okay, I need to fix that. Exactly. So my why used to be because I wanted to be the best in volleyball. I wanted to go to Olympics. I wanted to whatever. I wanted to do all these awesome mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And then I never, I, I slowly started pulling away from that throughout my professional career. And my, my why started to change, but I never really made that connection that it was changing. So I was still fighting to feel like that, but I wasn't doing the things and I wasn't uh, in the mind space to actually get there. So I had to reevaluate what my, why was, what my purpose was. And then that directed me down this new path of, well, I want to, I want to be happy right now is the first thing. Sure. Um, I want to have more joy in my life. I don't want to be as stressed. I want to enjoy my relationship with my wife more. I want, yeah, all these other things became more important. I'm, I'm, I'm so not surprised to hear that because in, in almost all of the conversations that I've had with professional athletes, they all experience the same thing. It's like, it's like this, this sport that they grew up and they spent their entire lives playing and that they love to death, love, 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 love. As soon as they start playing for a contract and money, that love, that internal, genuine, natural love seems starts to dwindle. And, and I think, I think every professional athlete that I can think of or that I know um, has a moment like you did in, in, in France. Hmm. What, why do you like, what was the biggest difference that you noticed after you jumped from university to now being like, okay, I'm no longer playing in school. I'm now like, this is for food on my table. Yeah. You know what? I would say it even started in university that, that slow gradual switch, that was probably when it began and then professional changed it more. Um, but yeah, you're, it's uh, it's a different game when you're playing to win, but you're also playing to get a contract, a better contract the next year. Yeah. Um, in university, you're playing to win and to represent your school. In professional, in a lot of sports, um, it's it's a little bit different. Like you have that different kind of stress on on each performance, on each game. And it was the ability to connect with um, like, did I, did I actually want to go to Olympics? Did I actually want to play national team? Or is that just something that I thought others expected from me? Mm. And then once I realized that that was probably just an ex- expectation that I put on myself from others, True. then I realized, okay, I don't actually want that. And I, right. I wanted to do this pass. I wanted to move this other way. Yeah. That I mean, was, that was a kind of the aha moment that'll eat you alive. And, and I'm starting, I'm starting to experience a little bit about that too. I, you know, I was on a call with uh, Chris Aki who I just, um, he plays for the Montreal Alouettes in the CFL. Um, Hmm. He shared a story um, for my black history month um, content series. And he, you know, through that conversation, I, I was, I posed him a question of like, how do you deal with, or how do you feel when someone looks at you and says, you can't do something just because of the color of your skin. And he was like, he was like, bro, why do I care about what they have to say about me? Like, they're not a decision maker in my life. They're not, they're not paying my bills. So like, why even pay attention to their thoughts? And, and it's, but it's, I I think it's something that's innately within us as human beings is like, we want people to like us. We want, you know, we, we, we set these certain, we think about, other people's expectations for ourselves 
And by doing that, we can like forget to like think about what we want. And so that just, that plays into the whole um, like pillar of your purpose, figuring out your purpose, figuring out your why. Um, and I, 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 you know, I, I guess that could be, that could bring, that could be one of the bridges between why some professional athletes start to lose the love for that game. Because when you first pick up the sport, you're like, I love this. This is fun for me. And, and then now as a professional athlete, you're like, Oh, I need to impress that person so I can get a bigger paycheck and a bigger contract and play in a bigger league Mm -hmm. and, and, and whatever. So, um, share just, you know, as we're wrapping up here, um, share like something, what's, what's your biggest turmoil or adversity, um, within the world of sports, because I, you know, there's, there's a ton that we, I'm sure we all have internal personal. I, I and I, I don't even want to phrase it as like your demons or anything, but like, what's mm. something, um, that's keeping you up at night, um, within the world of sports. Uh, yeah. Or, or athletes or, you know, athlete wellness Academy, like anything. Yeah, something that's keeping me up at night would be I, I really believe there's this new this new path, this new pathway, this new culture um, that that's coming in and it's getting rid of the the idea that you have to grind all the time. You have to yeah. work your absolute hardest, no nonstop, no breaks, get past the pain, get past the illness, and that's how you succeed. I think I, I'm just so excited with this new culture coming in that's promoting more of this wellness concept and more of this concept of like taking care of the, the whole so that we can achieve those things, but True. we don't just achieve them this, this week or this year, we achieve them for the rest of our career. It's a, it's a sustainable approach. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, just so excited about that and that whole process coming in. What, what do you think is the biggest driver of that? Why is this change coming now? Yeah. It, I think a lot of it stems down from professional, like we, a lot of what we do with youth athletes and college athletes is, is what professional teams are do with their athletes. So in like the strength and conditioning world uh, for professional teams, it's, it's coming away from that grind culture right now. It's getting more into uh, the specifics, but also into the recovery. Like they, they just, their strength coach's job is to make sure that their athletes are performing at a high level consistently throughout the whole season. It's true. And it's not to make them jump higher in the season necessarily mm-hmm. it's to make sure that they can last that full season and play the important games when they matter. Yeah, that's tough. And that whole realization is, is what is where we're kind of getting to and what's kind of driving this. So, so my coach at St. of X, um, Steve Kanchowski, um, who's finishing his 44th year, I think this is, he's retiring wow. this year. Um, so, so he's older, like he, um, I don't know how old he is, but he's like the all-time winning, winningest coach in Canada, uh, basketball legend. Um, and so I encountered this when I was at X is our strength and conditioning coach would has or had adopted the philosophy that you just mentioned is like, okay, like my job isn't to increase your strength and your jumping ability and make you go out tomorrow night and, and dunk on somebody. It's to like, prepare you for game day so you can perform as optimal as optimal as as possible but coach k comes from this like old school like oh we're gonna get in the weight room 
three times a week, even though we have three games this week. And we're like, coach, like our legs are a bust. Like he, he's the definition of like ultimate competitor outwork, outwork your competition, be the, be the best grind, 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 grind. Um, I can't help to think that this new wave is coming because um, people like myself, like, like you are now the new generation of coaches uh, who, who understand this or who have gone through our sporting careers with this, with this mentality on ourselves. So that's probably a reason yeah. too. Um, some, something that's been on my mind lately too is, um, or I've been listening to in these podcasts is the whole idea of, um, you know, the, the parenting culture um, and where every kid gets, gets a participation trophy and we're not keeping score because we don't want to hurt your feelings. Um, mm-hmm. What, what do you, you know, I mean, you're going to be a father here soon too. Like, are you going to let, are you going to let your kid beat you every once in a while? Like, where's your mentality on that? <laughs> now we're getting new parenting. Hey, I know, oh, I know where this is ethical <laughs> well, too, ethics and all that. Well, with my parenting structure, I have no idea. Try. I am going to, to take it as it comes and try my best to adapt sure. and not, not have these preconceptions or these things that like i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. because i know that when that happens in a scenario that i i know nothing about that can be pretty stressful and daunting of course um so i'm gonna see like okay like how's this how's this even work and then try to try to start making my path and designing my own philosophies from that point Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. yeah i i that's something i've more recently thought of obviously with the baby, baby coming sooner yeah um so yeah, yeah, I just I can't answer that one too well. I, I think that's it's true. It's but but like where's your where's your philosophy on the whole idea of like um it's important to be a little stressed out. It's it's important to have some adversity because if you have no responsibility at all, then you're just going to be aim you yeah. know wandering aimlessly. Um, totally. um is, is that something that's within your criteria or content that you share with athletes? hundred percent. Yeah. Like stress isn't bad. There there's you stress, you stress and there's distress. There's, there's two different forms of stress. Mm -hmm. And I also believe stress or perception, something that I believe is stressful. You might not. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So what, what we do with athletes is we, we have this diagram that we like to show them. It's a, it's a essentially their stress throughout the season and stress coming from load, coming from more games, coming from uh, exam time, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're not taking away stress with what we do. Right. We're just essentially getting them at a getting them to start at a lower level so that they can handle more stress without going over, over the barrier, like over their, their threshold. Exactly. Because the threshold, you can go over it every now and then, but if you stay up there, if that's where you exist, yeah. that's where problems exist. And you start that's to crumble. Burnout, mm-hmm. Injury, crumbling, emotional fatigue, whatever it is, that's where that exists. So we don't take away stress, but we, we lower their, their initial stress to allow them to handle more. Yes. We want them to have stress. And, it, to have stress. and it's important to like be consciously aware of where your thresholds are. And, and, and because if you don't know where they are, then you could cross over and, not know why you're, you're feeling all these negative feelings. So, um, I don't know. And Nick, I like, I love this stuff. I could talk for three hours about this stuff and pick your (laughs) brain because I can tell like, obviously with you having a business centered around this, you're very passionate about it too. 
Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything that you wanted to leave, uh, you know, the viewers or something that you, you, we didn't bring up that you want to, or just any closing remarks? Yeah, I think, I know a lot of athletes uh, tune into your stuff. And I think just as an athlete, continually connecting back to your purpose. And once you connect to, so like that, that why underneath the why, mm-hmm. the why game, that whole idea, um, we, we, we often go through a full season or a couple seasons and we won't connect back to that. And yeah. we need to continually connect back to that just to make sure, am I still going the right direction? Or am I being pulled away into some other area? And that's okay too. It's okay mm-hmm. to be pulled away. But if you are going the right direction, then awesome. Keep going that path. But I, I just really think that we we get lost in the grinding and we get lost in the hard work, which is important, super important. Mm-hmm. But just come back, make sure that that purpose is aligning with it and then keep going and make sure it's aligning, then keep going, make sure it's aligning. Oh, it's not? Okay, why is it not? And then start figuring exactly. that out. Exactly, which is why which is why I think uh, such a valuable exercise is keeping a journal. Because if you write down mm-hmm. the date and time, how you're feeling and, and the actions that you're doing, then when you, when you start to break off from, from those happy feelings or, you know, the good places, you can look back and be like, okay, I remember feeling great during this, this month. Or, and you can literally look at what your behaviors and your routine and your habit. Um, yep. Reflection is just so important. I love it. Uh, Nick, this was super valuable uh so glad you could come on thank you so much um let's stay in touch i want to learn more about athlete wellness academy um and you know where to find me too so uh, i'll be sure to link all your stuff your your socials your everything make sure uh, people can check you out so uh sounds good good luck in the future nick appreciate it thank you so much thanks for having me see ya bye everyone it's nick delbianco here i'm a retired volleyball athlete and you were just watching undress the jersey